For me, it was just like yesterday. It's hard to believe the Colorado Rockies baseball franchise has been around for over three decades. Kyle Dyer's new documentary tells the story behind the story of how this Denver team came to be. This is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com, searching for our channel, IITV, that stands for Independence Institute TV, or just go to thinkfreedom.org. This is a fun, fun discussion. So when I was a kid, my old man would take me to the Bears game. Bears, you say? Yeah, they were the minor league team before the Zephyrs. The Zephyrs, you say? No, they were the baseball team before the Rockies. And who knows all about this, but you might have seen her before. Kyle Dyer, thank you. Hey, John, how are you? So how did you get the gig to do this, this documentary on the making of the Rockies? So the making of the Rockies is all about the team behind the team. Yeah. The people within this community, not only in Denver, outside of Denver, who worked really hard to convince Major League Baseball that this area of the country, this city needed a Major League Baseball team. After the many years with the Bears yeah. and the Zephyrs, there was a thirst to be Major League. Two of the people who kind of started all that for 30 years, as long as the Rockies have been around, have been wanting to put this story, bring it to life. So uh, we connected and it was, you know, a great fit for both of us. For people who want to see it, just let's not hold it off. You can see it at the Rockies site. Rockies.com, Rockies YouTube, and Nine News Plus as well. They are streaming uh, the film because Nine News helped us right. with this fabulous old uh, archival footage with the big hair from the early 90s. It's great. All right. First, it can't be 30 years. It cannot be 30 years. I am not that old. Because yeah. it happened like five years ago that the Rockies came to town. Because I remember that opening game. I remember it at Mile High. Uh, it cannot be 30 years. You're, you're arithmetic. Maybe it's because you're a girl, but your arithmetic is off. Okay. Uh, April of 1993 was that game <sighs> at Mile High Stadium. When more than <sighs> 80, the old Mile High, when more than 80,000 people were in attendance. The Rockies literally brought in those metal stands, you know, mm -hmm. that would never be allowed today yeah. to allow for that many people to fill that stadium. It's a record that will never be beat because there's no stadium that has, has seating for 80,000 people for a baseball game. So for those who, who don't remember, and you might not have been here at the time, but the old Mile High Stadium, the East Stands were on coasters. And so uh, when, they, when the Bears would play, they would take 15 minutes and move this gigantic section of bleachers out to make, to make an outfield. And it was a terrible place to watch a game because it's not built for long-term sitting and looking at home plate, you know, where all the seats are cut. No, it's made to look at the 50-yard line. And so it was a bad place to watch baseball. But fortunately, there's only like 2,000 people at any game. Yeah, but because it was such a bad place to watch baseball, that's why Major League forever was like, yeah, no way, Denver. Why would we give you a team if your minor league team's playing in a baseball stadium? You've been through two recessions of the oil bus in the 80s. Why would we consider Denver for expanding a team? Because it's a sports-crazed town. And we they... convinced them that. All right. Uh, let me throw some things at you and tell me if that sounded, sounded right. Okay. So, um, when... It looked like we were getting a team. Some of us who watched baseball, and my father would always take me to the Bears games or the Zephyrs games, and it was amazing because for three bucks, 
on a Wednesday afternoon, you'd get a parking spot, a beer, a hot dog, and a AAA team game. And it was just so wonderful out in the sun. It was just so light and breezy and easy, unlike any major league sport. Um, And when it looked like the Rockies were coming, there were a bunch of baseball, how to put it, snobs. Like, oh, no, no, no. These people in Colorado, these people in Denver don't understand baseball. You know, it's not going to sell here. It won't work here. Yeah, they'll like it for a little while, but it's not a baseball town. This is a football town. And, you know, it just, how to put it, we're not classy enough for, for baseball. Yes, but if it wasn't just the town or the state, I mean, think about it. There, there was an entire time zone that had no major league team. We went from Kansas City to Los Angeles with no team, right? That, like, who did you root for as a kid? What, what major league team did you like? Well, you had to do it for the Yankees because my oh. father was raised in the Bronx. Okay. He should have been a Dodgers fan, but he, he was a Yankees fan. So we, we, we would do that. Uh, yeah, the really the there town was all split. It was people were thirsty for it, and a lot of people I talked to who went to games, Bears games with their parents, they remember as kids people talking about it. Yeah. You know, way back when. When are we gonna get a team? Yeah, exactly. All right, so let me ask you about that part. When the Bears changed their names to the Zephyrs, which I think is a silly name, I remember the thought being, well, Denver is going to get a major league team. They'll be called the Denver Bears. And that's why we're making room uh, by taking this name away and giving you the Zephyrs for a couple of years while we do the deal for the Denver Bears. Is my memory completely off on that? I don't know about the Bears thing, yeah. but when John DeCue bought the Bears, he changed the name to the Zephyrs. And of course, we have the California Zephyr that comes through. I know you don't like that name. Um, well, the Zephyr is also a wind. You know, so it's a Zephyr. It's a type okay. of wind that comes down off the mountains. And like, what? It's the Zephyrs. Oh, with bears. (laughs) The main reason he did that, to get into major league meetings, to get into all these events where major league owners are, right? He changed the name to to, do that? No, he bought the team. team. To really strategize and position Denver in a place where, ooh, we can get in and talk to people. What did he pay for the team? Do you know? He, for the Bears? I'm not sure. I don't know what he was. Because there was a time you could buy a major, uh, minor league team for like a hundred grand or something. It oh, was, I have no uh, idea. I didn't ask that. <laughs> and so the, was the plan by the Zephyrs so that we can sell the concept to Major League? Yeah. And so they, they would even go to meetings. And you remember how, when, remember back in the day when you went to a hotel, like the USA Today was outside your door right. every morning. They brought a printing press. Yeah, they brought a printing press down to these major league meetings and made a, a paper called the Daily Zephyr, and it was all about baseball news and about Denver. So when those major league owners would open up their door in their morning, they'd be see the Daily Zephyr. It was a wow. way just to get the Denver name out, and where they made lots of great contacts and were you know rubbing elbows with everybody. Again, we love Denver, but you don't have a stadium. So they really had to lobby Major League Baseball. Oh, yes. So why, why wouldn't Major League Baseball want to put a team somewhere in the Midwest or West? Mm. It just seemed like a no-brainer place for an expansion team. You would think it would be the other way around, that Major League Baseball would be, hey, Denver, anybody be interested in? So first they had to have an expansion. So we, you know, they had to... There were a lot of senatorial he- hearings. Um, That's right. It's a monopoly. T- Senator Tim Worth, we interviewed him. He was saying when he was reelected, 
uh, in 86, or I think it was 86, he's thinking, okay, what's going to be a good issue? Oh, they want baseball here. So he told a great story how all the other senators that want, from cities that wanted teams, they made up the Senate Task Force on the Expansion of Major League Baseball. He said, we had no authority about that, but we made the paper with the seal and everybody's name on the left side, and they had these hearings, and they really met with Ubroth, then Ubroth was let go, and then they kept going through the different major league, you know, uh, commissioners saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, and then finally, like, there were a lot of meetings and said, okay, Miami and Denver are in the running. If we expand, those are going to be the two cities that will get it. But still, it wasn't, a, it wasn't definite. So, but by voters here saying, yes, we'll build a new stadium if we get a team, Major League was like, oh, Denver, okay. That's what got their attention. Who were the other extension teams? Who it was the, Miami that year. And then Diamondbacks came later, I'm trying they to They were remember. later, I okay. think so. All right, let's talk about the stadium. Okay. Because as somebody who's always uh, not crazy about government-funded stadiums, First stadium, I'm trying to remember, was the was Coors before the New Mile High? I think yes. it was. All yes. Right. And this was this was a big deal. I don't think it was called Coors Field at the time, but the idea of putting a stadium there was a gigantic public works promise, um, and it was quite controversial because a lot of us were saying government shouldn't be buying playthings. For, for private businesses. If Major League Baseball wants to have this, Major League Baseball should build their own stadium, uh, which is becoming almost not, not done. What was the vote? I'm trying to remember when it was and how it passed. Okay, first I had to go through the legislature, right, right. to get it before, before um, us voters in the six-county metro area. And it was not supposed to pass in the legislature because there were a lot of fiscal conservatives who said a tax is a tax is a tax, why are we going to make people, right. you know, tax themselves to pay for this? But it passed. So then it went before uh, the six-county metro area was not supposed to pass. Voters in Denver and Adams County said no. But there was enough support in the other four surrounding counties. 54 to 46 percent it passed in a primary election in August of 90, 91. That sounds about, 90, 90, 90. Yeah, 90. And so the tax, was it a penny a dollar sales tax? Right. That was the slogan. It'll be a penny on, one, on every $10. Yeah. All right. So it was one-tenth of a cent. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it was a debt package. And so we're going into debt to, to buy this thing. I was skeptical. When did they break ground on Coors Field? October of 92. And then Coors Field was ready in 95. I remember that. And then the tax, the, the bond was paid off in eight years, much faster than they expected. So then that's when... They expanded the they tax. They went, hey, legislature, can you just change the word from baseball to football? Put it before voters. Voters said yes. And that's how we got the new mile high, whatever it was called then. Was it in Vesco Field back so then? So with then one bill, they got two stadiums. All right. Okay. Let me say officially, for the record, public financing of any public a stadium is wrong, terrible, and everyone's going to hell for doing it. That being said, I believe Coors Field is the most gorgeous baseball park 
in the country. Now, I haven't been to all of them, and I haven't seen all of them, but I've been to enough of them that it somehow is old and new at the same time. It is a timeless park. Am I wrong on that? It's beautiful. There was one story that we couldn't, you know, there were so many stories we could not get into that 58-minute width of time for the film. But, you know, the Union Pacific owned that land at the time, primarily. And there were some other owners as well. They were actually looking at three sites. One where the the, uh, ball arena is, also where the football stadium is, and then this one downtown in Lodo, which is was mostly Union Pacific. That was so the cheap, other sites. Yeah, that was the cheapest land. So they went with that. But there was one family who owned a house or owned some several buildings. It wasn't a house, you know, because there were a lot of warehouses down there. Basically at 22nd and Blake. And they refused to sell. So they knew they figured we'll eventually get this worked out. But the builders, the construction, had to work from the outfield in and hope that it meets. By the time they got here, the deal had been done. They got the land. It was all fine. But can you imagine <laughs> so starting, they, they started they being on, building on from the outfield <laughs> I in. did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a, one last comment on this. So with one tax, yeah. two stadiums. One stadium is gorgeous and timeless and will be there in 100 years. I'm convinced. It's just that beautiful. The other one will be knocked down three seconds after the last payment is made you know, in 20 years, whenever it is. it is. It is a disposable football stadium so that the next stadium can go up. It is not timeless. Uh, so Coors Field, I don't know who the architects were. I don't mm-hmm. know who made the design, but they made it. Perfect. You know, the, there are many different committees, you know, Colorado Stadium District, Denver Sports Commission, Baseball Commission, there were a lot. And they toured and they actually went to um, Baltimore. And, you know, everyone loves Baltimore Camden Yards. But they said the one mistake we did was when you go get a beer, you're standing in line looking at the concession stand. If oh. we could have only opened it up so you could still be in line and look oh, behind why? you and watch the game. Now people are coming here and seeing how, how do we make our stadium to be like Coors Field. But I will tell you, since like I've, all the people I've talked to, they started doing maintenance on that building like the first month. The maintenance on Coors Field is constant. And I can tell you, because I shot a lot of my interviews for when Colorado went major league in Coors Field outside, there's a lot going on there that <laughs> the noise we could hear, you know, just they're constantly making it pretty and clean. Talk to me about Dinger. Okay. All right. Now, if I understand this mascot, which this is the problem. Again, I will tell you, as I told you off air, all sports teams should be named after animals that can kill you. A triceratops could kill you. All right. That would be a great name. But they're not the Triceratops. But that's what he they're is. They're the Rockies. So I have a couple questions. Why wasn't it the Denver Rockies? Uh, was that a... I wasn't here then. Don't know. So obviously, I it think was they, were decided. Trying, they were trying to widen the... Uh, oh, why was it not... De- oh, I see. Yeah. Why wasn't it... De- because it's a... Col- yeah, Colorado. They to make it a... a Colorado col- A Rockies. whole Western I see what team. you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And then they found, did they not, a dinosaur bone when they were big, digging this up? Is that where Dinger, the dinosaur, came from? Yes. All right. So Ray Baker, who was very involved with uh, building the stadium and overseeing it, he said he remembers where he was standing in his house when he got a phone call one night at 1030. And they said, we found some bones. 
And there like, were, oh, the mafia. And there were lots of ups and downs all around with this whole thing, getting the, 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 the two of the, init- the initiative passed the legislature and then before voters, we lost the owner who was the original owner, then we lost him and had to find a new owner. So he says, at this point, when I hear there are bones, I'm thinking we found Jimmy Hoffa. Right. Well, it was dinosaur bones. And you would think that something like that would slow down production of construction. It was only a two-week delay. So they kept going. But it's very funny because the dinger, the bones, are over of the original Triceratops at the Museum of Nature and Science. And it's so cool to go behind the scenes. They have just these rooms of all these skeletal great things. And I saw this huge Triceratops. And then they open this uh, cabinet. And in a box that's like the size of an iPhone box, are two very small rib bones. The fact that some construction worker saw those two bones and said, wait, 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 we've got to check this out. It's amazing. So the bones they found were just could fit into a small box? In an iPhone box. So they didn't find a whole triceratops. No. They just found a couple little yes, bones. Yes, but they could tell it was from a rib. And apparently that happens a lot of construction sites here in the Front Range. This was dinosaur heaven back and in the day. And is that why we have Dinger? Dinger that's why dinosaur. we have Dinger. Because of those two little bones. Oh, yes. Oh, that is pretty fun. Yes. That is really yes. fun. Um, talk to me about the ownership. Okay. So, who owned the bears? Who owned the zephyrs? And why don't the same folks own the Rockies? Okay. Who? So All right. Who bought, who bought the zephyrs? Well, let me start back. Yeah. Back, back. So, baseball started in the 1860s in Denver. We weren't the bears just yet. The first baseball stadium was right across from the state capitol, like where the city and county building is. No. And then there was one down Did by- Did you where, find pictures of that? Uh-huh. Oh, that's An gorgeous. illustration, and then there was one that was over by Denver Health, and then Merchant Park, where the Bears originally played, was down by the Design Center on I-25 What is Merchant Broadway. Park? That, that was where the Bears began. And the owner at the time, the Howsam family, said, we need a better stadium. So they looked across where, at a junkyard at a, and said, oh, that would be a great place for our baseball stadium, which was the site of Mile High, right? So they built Bears Stadium in the 60s over across the way where you used to go. Maybe it was a little bit earlier. The Broncos, though, moved in in 1968. And when that happened, people kind of thought of it, oh, it's not really Bears Stadium anymore. It's Broncos Stadium. Let me kick this back to you because you're blowing my mind okay. as, as a longtime Coloradan. So Mile High wasn't Mile High Broncos country. Mile High was Bears, Bears stadium. stadium. It was a baseball field. Yes. And then and the then Broncos when the came. Broncos came in the 60s. Eight, and because I, Well, I think the Broncos came in 64. I don't know where they and played. And then the before. stadium then. And yeah. then they moved into the Bears stadium. Yeah. And then did that evolve? Was it the exact same building that then grew into Mile High? Or did well, they we knew what was imploded, yeah. Did, did they blow it all up and build a whole new Mile High? No, no. What we knew back in the 90s before it was gone, you know, um, that was the stadium. That was the same as Bear yeah. Stadium? Yeah, but they kept building it bigger because the Housums wanted to make <sighs> it before the Broncos came. We need to really make this a great stadium. So they kept building certain areas to make it a bigger baseball stadium. The Yankees used to come through here. We were a farm team yeah. for the Yankees. So a lot of the people I interviewed said, oh my gosh, I remember coming and seeing you know, all these great players that I idolized from afar. Um, 
but yeah, so that was another reason when the Broncos kind of took over the stadium. Again, it was theirs, and we were playing in their stadium. So AAA is the reason Mile High began. The Broncos come come in and homesteaded it. They they just came yeah. in and squatted, yeah. and now it was it was <laughs> theirs. All right, and then who again? You told me who bought. Okay, the Bears? Then a man named John DeCue right. bought the Bears and named them the Zephyrs. And then that's when things started really speeding up to get a team here. What changed in ownership? When did they get the okay? And how did it get to the current ownership? Okay. So once Major Lee, so once we passed the stadium tax the six county metro right. area in August of 90. Uh, Governor Romer said, we need a new owner. We need an owner. Now there was talk about how a lot of the various cable giants that are centered right. in Colorado would come together. Oh, we'll finance a team. We'll be the main owners of a team. But then- Guys like Bill Daniels and others, were they the ones who were looking to- And they're just all the uh, Magnus and, and right. the C's and all that. They, yeah. But then Major League Baseball said, well, Ted Turner might not like that. Remember? Because he was at the Braves and it was on all the time on WOTNT. Remember? Yeah. So that idea was scrapped. But in what? August, in August, after they like weeks after. Wait, wait, wait. Who scrapped that idea? Because oh, Major League Baseball said that'll never go. The, the owners of all the, the Major League owners. teams will never go. I think a lot of people don't understand that Colorado was a hub for cable. the cable industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, C, Magnus, Bill Daniels, these these people mm -hmm. were, they were the cowboys. Mm -hmm. of, Malone. Uh, Malone, mm -hmm. they, they were the cowboys of, mm -hmm. of cable, and they were here in Colorado. Yeah. So they were interested, but that would anger one of the other owners. So, oh, okay, hysterical. we need to find somebody. So Governor Romer. What about the Q? No, he didn't. I don't, what I was told, he wasn't in the running to be an owner. It cost a lot of money, and he would have a fraction of it. So they needed someone with a lot of money. And there were a lot of people in Colorado who had money, but they kind of questioned, is this really gonna work? Yeah. Okay, so Governor Romer, he said he had no really power to do this. He said, you know what? In two weeks, we're gonna have a meeting at Downtown Weston. If you're interested in owning a part or all of this team, come to this meeting and we're gonna talk. He came and told everybody, this is what we need you to do. You have two weeks to form your groups. Get your plans together. We're going to meet back here. So he came back, and the person that they decided, who gave 30 of the $95 million, it was a group of people, uh, but the main person's name was Mickey Monis, and he owned, like, Farmore, which was a pharmaceutical chain in the Midwest. Okay, so we had an owner, but Coors was involved. They signed off a $30 million in perpetuity naming rights deal. That's a Brilliant. deal, right? Linda Alvarado was involved as a minority owner. Uh, the Rocky KOA were minority owners. Uh, Beverage, there were a lot of minority owners, right? And uh, Charlie Monfort was in there. Jerry McMorris was in there as minority owners. So here we are going along. We got this plan. Major League Baseball says, okay, you got, it. You got a place. You got owners. You got a team. A hundred days or so before that first game in 1993, the owner, Mickey Monis, the primary owner, was indicted on over 100 charges of fraud and embezzlement. <laughs> so we had to find a new owner. 
You didn't know that story? No, I didn't know that story. How did I not know this story? So what do you do? Major League's gonna be like, what is going on? So Jerry McMorris and Charlie Momfort uh, stood up and, and they had a group that all came together and were the primary owners. Uh, an attorney in town, uh, Paul Jacobs, was very instrumental in kind of keeping the peace and making it all happen, basically buying buying the shares of Monas for like 24 hours until the deal could go through. Otherwise, we probably would have lost the team to another city. So it was, yeah. It was that touch and go. So uh, our current uh, Montfort owner, Dick, was not involved as a primary, as a secondary owner. He wasn't interested. But when uh, Jerry left and Charlie wasn't as involved, he came in and bought the shares and now he is the main owner. So I guess that they originally went to his father um, and said, I, Roy Remmer was good friends with his father, Mr. Montfort Sr., and said, would you be interested? He's like, no, I don't think so, but talk to my boys. So, <laughs> I mean, there were, there were a lot of people that thought it would be a great idea, but were just not sure, like you weren't. Right. It, it, it was a new thing. Also, as a creature of habit as a kid, I loved the Bears. I loved the Zephyrs. Mm. And the new team, uh, I don't... The crowds, the cost, the this, you know, instead of the sweet small team AAA experience. Something I learned though, here's a tip for you if you want to save some money. Yeah. From opening, uh, from, I'm sorry, batting practice to the first pitch, $3 beers on the party deck at Coors Field. What are we doing here? Right? Now, I don't know if it'll go up this coming season. You never know, but $3 beers, and they're like big size beers. The ownership hasn't changed since then. No, yeah, uh, Dick Monfort was not the original owner of right. the team, but he came in years right. later and it stayed. Yeah. Uh, Denver is so baseball crazy that uh, the complaint is too many people go. Even when they have a lousy season, people still go to the games. So it's a, it's a cash maker for the owners, but they don't have to put a whole lot of money into everything else compared to other teams because the town loves the game so much. Um, were the owners surprised by the reaction? What? That of that, all, that uh, Denver actually bought their product? Um, because other yes, teams... Yes, and I will say the players from that those first many years, we interviewed Eric Young in the documentary and also Vinny, but they could feel and were shocked at how excited people were. That they wanted to, players wanted to put on a show every night just as thank you because they were so overwhelmed by the love and the turnout. And I still think to this day, people come to the games and they may be from other teams. You hear that if the Cubs are here and- But not every sports team makes it here. Right. We have had XFL teams. We have had um, other weird sports that aren't mainstream You know, sports. They come and go, whatever the soccer yeah. team is and others. Some of them last very long. The name Rockies was also a failed name because it was the Colorado Rockies, which was a hockey team oh, yeah. that played at McNichols Arena. And so now this is our second Colorado Rockies. And 30 years later, though, still going. It's still going, unlike 31. the other Rockies. So why there are so many teams and so many sports that sound good, and but they can't make a go of it here. This, you know... NFL, NBA, um, uh, Major League Baseball, they've all 
done stellar here. And I think why the Rockies are the team that we love, no matter win or lose, is for what you said at the top of the show, how you remember going to a game with your dad. Yep. My brother used to take me to Orioles games. I still remember that for as it little as America's I was. It is America's game for And that's a why I think people in the legislature or the Metro County voted or why people still go today. Because baseball, you might, you don't remember, at least I don't always remember who won or who hit what home run. You remember how you feel at baseball games, right? You might remember a great dunk that you saw at a Nuggets game or see Joker going crazy one night. When you go to a baseball game, you feel something. You remember who you were with, and you make friends with the people that are sitting around you over those nine innings, right? It is a different pace. Yeah. And so it is a pastoral game. It is a social game. It's almost like a poker game. You go, you go to, for the poker game, but you go to be with your friends. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's a different speed. And young people don't always go for it because, ah, it's too slow. And then once they start getting into it, they go, oh, wait, there's a beauty to this. Uh -huh. uh, the guys on KOA Radio, who I've worked with for a long time, call the game. And they, it's just a beautiful game to listen to as well. If You can't, you can't do that with baseball. Soundtrack of summer. Right. You can't do it with, with other sports. Why purple? Why purple? Why, Why purple, purple Mountain Majesties? Is that where? Sure. I mean, out of all the colors, purple. Yes. That was a little bit of a daring choice. I remember people going, purple? I don't want purple. But they did go with pinstripes. Yeah. So they, they tried to do something new and something old to try mm -hmm. to get a Yankees-looking uniform instead of a crazy Houston Astros mm -hmm. weird uniform. Um, what most surprised you making this film? You know, I moved here in 96, um, and I haven't left because I love the people here. I feel like everyone's super friendly. And if I were to call you up and say, hey, John, let's go have coffee, you'd say, sure, Kyle, right? And how come you never do? Well, you never uh, know. <laughs> I waited for you to ask me here. But um, so I knew there was a f it was a friendly vibe out here. But the can-do spirit, the never giving up, be it everyone saying we're never going to pass a tax. People will never go for it. We shouldn't have city people pay for something, you know, a private, you know, venture. Oh, our owner like is going to jail. Oh, we found bones in the stadium during construction. Oh, we're building in because so whoever owns 20th and Blake hasn't sold. They never gave up. Of all the ups and downs all around, they never give up. Right? And I think that's amazing. And then the, the, the cherry on the top of the Sunday was when Eric Young, first at bat, at that first game, home game in 1993, he was a, he slid, like the, he was a base dealer. He's like, I'm first up, I just want to get on base. The count is three and two, three balls, two strikes. He hits a home run. I mean, it's incredible. The, the story is just, was just so magical. And I think a lot of, there are lots of bits that you've forgotten. You've lived here for a long time. Right. I mean, it's just a, it was a great nostalgic look back for people who've lived here, but we also wanted to create a film that new people to Colorado would appreciate, you know, and would be like, oh, wow, people did that for, to make something come true. And could you imagine what our city would be like if we didn't have that in lower downtown? What lower, lower, would it, there be a rhino? Would there be? It changed the fabric of that area. Uh, some for the good, some for the bad, but overwhelmingly for the good in that it, that was a cool, weird warehouse area. And that's why you had 
tracks that go, mm-hmm. went to warehouses. Mm-hmm. Not roads, but actual tracks because the big track. And you still see some of them, uh, some of those places around there. And so it was all this light industry. It was all the warehouses. It was, it was a weird part of town that once Coors Field came, it changed, it changed everything. You wouldn't have any of the homes. You wouldn't have any of the businesses. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have had the nightlife. You wouldn't have had all, all the rest. Well, Senator Hickenlooper we spoke with because, of course, he opened the Wind Coop in 1998 right. when nothing was down there. He bought it for a dollar a square foot. And it was the first restaurant opening in downtown in five years. In 1985, more people moved out of Denver than moved in. It was, you know. You weren't here. I remember how dead it was. And you'd be able, it was a great place for a, for a cheap date because you go into one of the skyscrapers and you go, well, let's go see, a, see a, a beautiful site. And you could go all the way to one of the top floors and there'd be nothing built. You could see right through the buildings, wow. through airplanes. <laughs> so you could go up and see the mountains. You could, you know, you're on the top floor and you just had nothing but windows because they couldn't rent any of the buildings. It was, it was the oil bust and it was bad. We spoke with the real estate developer for that area who is there now, but also then, then back there then. And what is now Jackson's, mm-hmm. he couldn't sell, could not sell. There were uh, cottonwoods growing out of the ceiling. It was, nobody was there, nobody interested. He said, his name is Charlie Woolley, until there started coming things out of the ground at 20th and Blake, that's when people started buying down there and they believed, okay, this is really happening. And I think he said the Jacksons was sold or whatever that building was sold then for $225,000. Even now, you look at McGregor Square, which just popped so up a great. year or so ago because people want to be down, mm-hmm. down there. People watch the movie or film. What's, what's the one thing that's going to surprise them? Mm, I think there are a lot of surprises. Uh, surprise, I just think... Okay, it was just on, on on Thanksgiving again on Nine News. They aired it, and my husband was tearing up at the again at the end. He lived with me for the year that I produced and directed this and wrote this, and he's like, "It makes me so proud to live here. That people made this happen. That people in Colorado, right and left, inner city, suburb, work together to get things done." And at a time when that doesn't happen as readily. Well, there were times back then that was tough too, but people had a shared goal and were like, we're gonna make this happen. That maybe will surprise people in this day and age of you know, nonpartisanship, but it can happen. Good things happen when we work together. Having this, this documentary, pulling it all together, is such a wonderful time capsule because 30 years from now, people wouldn't know wouldn't know how it happened. And so you've got to feel really proud that you've got this, this little thing you put on the shelf and the Rockies have this thing they put on the shelf and Nine News has a thing and it will be there. And people, you recorded it. So congratulations. Well, you, must be, you must be thrilled. I, and I'm more thrilled for the people who are part of it. You know, Kathy Williams, who was the state lawmaker, Neil Macy, who was the one who kind of came up the idea when the SCFD tax passed. In 88, it's when we're like, and scientific fund right, we'll pay for the zoos and museums right. to tax. He thought, what if they do this for baseball? The two of them came up with this idea. Federico Pena, mentioned, I mean, there are just so many different people who work together, who are volunteers for no pay. They used to go out to like softball games and, you know, whatever outdoor activity with ironing boards 
they call themselves the Ironing Board Brigade, to have people sign a petition before the vote or to sign, yes, yeah. I want baseball. I mean, people gave up their time. So, I, yeah, it was amazing that I got to tell this story. But I'm most happy for the people that we get to bring it to life for them because they did this. And I think it's wonderful that we get to capture that. What a great project. People want to see it one more time. Where's the best place to go? Rockies.com, Rockies YouTube, as well as Nine News Plus. And let's make sure we got the title right. The when, when, when Colorado, when Colorado went major league. I can't believe it's 30 years. Well, now uh, it's past that now. <laughs> Sorry. No. Kyle, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was wonderful. Oh, thanks. Go Rockies. Go Rockies. If you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. And I hope you'll subscribe and follow the show. We have new ones released weekly. Remember, this audio was taken from our TV show. To watch it, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.